listening to Downworld or Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. All right, hello everyone and welcome to episode 47, where we will be discussing chapter 10 in City of Glass, Fire and Sword. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. Whoop, whoop. What, what? All right. Hi. How many licks to, does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Uh-huh. There is no way that, okay, maybe it's because he's an owl and his beak is sharp. There's no way you can, like, chomp through a Tootsie Pop like that. I mean, if they can, if an uh, if an owl's beak can chomp through a mouse's skull, I think oh. it can chomp through a Yeah, I just pop. meant he's an owl, so he is able to, but, like, a normal human, you gotta have I mean, some, you know. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta have some jaw. You've some been practicing skills. on ice cubes. Ugh. <laughs> I don't like, I don't want to bite it. I, I wanted to, I always try to like not, but then once you get to the, like that, like halfway point, it's, it's almost like your mouth takes over and just does it for you. <laughs> I don't want it mixed in with my Tootsie Roll. So I wait to the end. Okay. I don't want those mixed together. I haven't had one of those in, I don't yeah. even know yeah, how me long. Too. Uh, I forever. always get Andy the peppermint ones for his stocking. Those are good. Peppermint. Yeah, they're they make very pepper- good. <laughs> I, yeah. I grew up poor. Okay, we didn't get Dude. anything fancy. <laughs> Got them for my husband. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh my gosh. So, does everyone have their Christmas tree up? Yes. Mine's on the front porch. We haven't brought it inside yet. <laughs> Robin's done. I'm done. Right. You look stressed out, but it's tree. beautiful. Yeah, no, we um, our topper wouldn't fit on it, so we're just going without, and I like it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The branch up is just too high for it to, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. it doesn't really want to work because it's like eleven years old. Yeah. Mm. Um. No, I think it, yeah, it's almost. I don't know. Anyway, Omar keeps wanting to get a new one, and every year I'm like, quit making excuses to buy a new topper. Like this is our topper. Move on with your life. <laughs> And so this year it would work. Like you had to, you know, when your cell phone charger gets like more out, so you have to like wrap it and twist it and then move it yeah. up or weird and like kind of figure out what the magic spot is to make it turn on. Because the wires the topper inside was. are broken. Yeah. You got to get them to touch the right way. Exactly. The topper was like that. Because it's a fire hazard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I was Danger. like, quit making excuses. And he's like, it's, bro- it's literally broken. And I was like, no, <laughs> you do this every year. Stop it. <laughs> so Kristen what kind of a tree do you get like what fur so I used to always get uh I can't remember the the one that's like super super full and like has the big round like I yeah. think it's like a Douglas fur that or a grand a grand has is stronger fur, yeah I that's, think might that's the be dream. the one but this year we got a noble fur because I wanted it to look more sparse like I wanted there to be mm-hmm. more space and stuff and so we went up to this place up up by our, our house called uh, Tree Wiseman's. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Which is adorable. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jason cut down our tree and it was great. Uh, and then we get it home and it was like too tall. Yes. But yep. there was enough of like that one, like one that goes straight up to cut it off and not make it look weird. That's cool. So we made it fit. But yeah, we're not doing a topper this year either. Yeah. I couldn't find one that I liked enough. Okay. Mine's a Santa. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm very, like, anal about my Christmas tree. And stop. Okay. So my husband is standing off camera, so you can't see him, but he's going like this. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's right. Yeah, when we went, <laughs> I felt really bad because when we went to go pick a tree, because we were walking through trying to find one that we liked, <clears throat> my daughter's like, she's like, I don't know why I'm here. Like, you're going to pick whatever tree you want anyway. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is a family event. And she's like, you don't care what we think. It's your tree. 
<laughs> I was like, listen, you don't care about the tree either. You only care about the presents at the bottom of the yeah. tree. So <laughs> if we're telling truths, let's tell all the truth. She wants one that's <laughs> high up so that there's plenty of space for big gifts. Right. <laughs> great yeah robin likes the nobles too always yeah and forever yeah i like a full one i usually get ornaments on it without them like popping off tell me i don't have very heavy ornaments but at the top of the tree it's stronger which is where i want the the special ones to be anyway so they go towards the top you know sometimes i wonder what it would be like to be the kind of person that would appreciate and really like be sentimental and want to keep like ornaments and like special, like, Oh, my kid made these. I do not have that. Like I, it just doesn't exist in my being. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want anything. That's ugly. I don't, that doesn't go (laughs) like that doesn't match the wrapping paper. There's a theme. I have um, the first gift take Audrey wrote in her own handwriting to us. That's we use that as an ornament for the tree. That's a good that idea. That is so cute. So that's us. And like this really weird, like crazy snowman thing she made when she was three. Like that's up there. And mm-hmm. I keep the I good ones that like that. So yeah. cute and like endearing. And I like, obviously I know, cause you're a very sentimental person. Like I know that means a lot to you. I just don't, it just, those feelings <laughs> just don't. don't exist. <laughs> They're gone. They're void. Each year we put less and less like, cause we bought a pack of ornaments um, mm-hmm. that are like red and brown and gold or whatever. Each year we put less and less of those on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's yeah just, with young kids, of course. Yeah. And I've so, you, so you have all the like, like each year you add more like family ones. Uh-huh. That's cute. Uh-huh. So we, we buy one every year. Like we bought like a fish mm-hmm. the year my grandma died. So we could, you know, remember her. And then mm-hmm. uh, Omar bought me Harry Potter ornaments last year That's for nice. my birthday. So those are up there and, then stuff the kids make and we still remember like each time we put it on the tree we talk about it like oh this is the ornament we got when you were first born you know and then we'll put them up there and the kids sweet yeah the kids were playing with them and stuff it was nice yeah we just we were never able to touch the christmas tree as kids either Mm -hmm. (laughs) like at all so it's you know and i always really wanted to help so i just make sure the kids have the opportunity if they're into it yeah you're such a good mom. Sometimes. I allow Bryn. I I allow Bryn to help me put them on. If she puts them in the spot you want them to go. <laughs> Here, well, I, I made a spot I for you. I direct her. <laughs> <laughs> I always used to let the kids do the back when they were little. <laughs> I used to let Bryn do them, and then when she would go like into the other room, I would fix them. <laughs> yep. Yep. There was one year, though, you, okay, you know what, he's tattling on me. He's like, you still do that. (laughs) There was one year, remember in the apartment that when we lived next door to you, when we had the, um, the baby tree? Uh Uh-huh, on top of the table or whatever? Yeah, I let Bryn decorate that thing however she wanted. She got to pick out the ornaments. She got to put it all together. And it stayed there until 4th of July. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Was it a real tree? Yeah. Yeah. And then you threw it over it was the still balcony, green. right? When you yes, she did. Yep. yep. <laughs> I did. I, I, I gave it back to nature. That's right. <laughs> we should uh, we'll I post. I the lights off. That's great. That's good. When we get um, all of our trees in, we'll post a, a picture of them sliding. <gasps> yes. Yeah, idea mine's gonna have a huge baby gate around it because i just can't with lincoln i just can't this year like he's been pretty good with some of the decorations and stuff but i know the tree mm-hmm. he's it's gonna come down on top of him that's just my kid right so that's fair. you'll see mine with a big baby gate <laughs> my kids decorate like, i might haven't need to get anything. one for the cats that's so cool what say that again i haven't moved haven't anything moved that's how the kids put them up there and we put them up there so i'm a little bottom heavy but it's fine yeah has sushi tried to attack the tree she likes to play with the ornaments that hang at the bottom, uh-huh. um, but we keep de- redirecting her. Right. Mm-hmm. The cats keep trying to eat the tree. Yeah. Eat it. I heard and I'm that like, orange stop. Because cats don't like oranges, apparently. I okay. Don't know. So 
I'm making orange garland um, today, so maybe because it's going to go on the tree, so maybe that'll help. Good idea. Deter them. I had never heard of that, but it works. I'm 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 down to try. Yep. <laughs> Don't smell bad, so. Right. <sighs> Very cool. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, we're putting ours in the family room this year instead of in the formal living room, so I get to enjoy it. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> we got a small one. Anyway, sorry, go on. Oh, I was going to tell you, there, there, we do have a little bit of Shadowhunter news that's not about our personal Christmas pre pre preferences. <laughs> presents? What? Um, so, Cassandra Clare posted um, on Twitter, I saw it this uh, yesterday morning, um, a link to the first either the first chapter or like several excerpts like extended excerpts for uh chain of iron uh Ooh. so if y'all didn't know if you're not on the twitters now you know go check it out yeah exactly the twitterverse yes dude i i don't ever go on twitter like and scroll because I don't understand how you could possibly see anything worthwhile because there's just so much. Yeah. But like I get push notifications for certain things. So like my news alerts and anything by Cassandra Clare, I get like a notification. So then I'll go on Twitter and look at whatever she posted. Yeah. Cause you know, that makes sense. I, I've cool been um, really digging the people that are sending us their year end review stuff on Spotify and stuff. Dude. Great. So exciting. Yes, I'm really upset at Spotify because they didn't mm -hmm. put, mine didn't have anything to do with podcasts in it. Mine was all just music or whatever. My year in review. Mine, also, probably, mine gave me music and podcasts. Probably because the only podcast I listen to is ours. I don't. Right. It's just not <laughs> on their I radar. Line. <laughs> I'm so yeah, worried. and I don't listen on Spotify, so... I liked it, it wasn't it was on fun. on mine, but yeah, that's. I mean, it's. I don't know. It's really interesting and cool that anybody would like listen to us more than another podcast. I'm like, wait, you don't want to listen <laughs> yeah. to people who know what they're doing? You mean a podcast that always puts stuff out on time? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what? You mean people who don't lose and corrupt their entire episode files and have to redo it? Dude, We've had I'm to sure do that too many times. To everyone in 2020 at some point. <laughs> right? Yeah. The Ouija board didn't get shut off when someone was done with it. Like, yeah. stuff's in the air. Leave us For alone. real. Someone opened a portal and <laughs> yeah. they haven't closed it yet. We need... It was clearly. Yeah, I was going to say, we need Clary to fucking fix her shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, Maybe she, not, because she probably lost her Stella, so she couldn't do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Of she course. She found one that wasn't dead yet. Like, someone had thrown it away, but it had a little charge left. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, cute. she she opened a portal to another dimension, and the demon hordes came. All right, folks, what do you say we cut the chit-chat and kick things off with Robin's recap? Previously on Downworld or Dish. Jason and Clary make their way down Beating's windy, smelly, damp hole or passageway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they pass bones and blood and come to a figure draped in a white cloth. Somehow, Jace is able to reach through the rune barrier and remove the cloth, revealing a fallen angel, a thurial. Not even a fallen angel, a trapped angel. Yeah. A kidnapped? A kidnapped. A, an angel napped angel? Hostage angel. Hostage angel. <laughs> Um, he shows them that Ethereal is his name. He shows them the images from Vitang and Jocelyn's past, including how Jace was tainted by demon blood from his father. Clary is able to break the chains from Ethereal, and Jace hands him the seraph blade he named after him, and he turns it on himself. The manor house crumbles to the ground, and Jace throws Clary out of the window, and they tumble together down a hill of glass. <laughs> they have a brief moment of passion before Clary calls things off, realizing that Jace is using their relationship to fuel, fuel his angsty emo emotions. <laughs> The two, they, the two make their way back to the city on foot because once again, Clary lost her Stelle. Not even her Stelle, Jace's Stelle. Yeah. Hours later, they arrive to see the city alight. Uh, alight with flames. I like it. Flames. Fire. 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 Sorry. 
It's that moment in a scary movie when the character's intuition starts to show. That classic eerie calm before the chaos scene, if you will. The camera opens to a disquieted Isabel, silhouetted in the window, bathed in moonlight, brow furrowed. Isabel is beginning to think Jace might not just be out for a walk, and Alec is doing all he can to appear, appear superior. Alec explains that it's just Jace's way. Trademark, CW Channel. New episodes <laughs> airing Thursdays, 8, 7 Central. <laughs> Isabel's kicking around the idea that Jace might have got lost. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even say that with a fucking straight face. Right? He knows New York, but not Alicante. And Aline reminds them, none too nicely, by the way, that Jace actually grew up in Idris and probably knows the city better than the light was. Burn. <laughs> Okay, so quickie, quickie sidebar. Jace grew up on the Wayland Country Estate, so he grew up in Idris. Um, and since we've established that Valentine had a few choice servants, um, like Valentine and those servants were the only companions that Jace had for those 10 years growing mm-hmm. up. And like his dad couldn't have walked into Alicante. So it's not yeah. like, I don't think Jace spent any time in the city. However... I mean, yeah, so, like, I, I think it's safe to assume that Valentine was not, like, showing his face. Because, yeah. like, he would have been tried for war crimes. Um, But I will concede that Valentine is definitely an ass. And he probably made him study a map of Alicante. And therefore, yeah, he probably does know where everything is and can give you directions in six different languages. Yeah. It's like that social studies where you have to write the um, capitals. On yeah. The yeah. But he, yeah. he was naming the streets in Alicante. Right. Like yeah. That was his homework. Yeah. Well, yep. okay. So someone obviously had to go to the store and get food and stuff like the bathtub of spaghetti. Mm-hmm. So maybe <laughs> Jace got to go to the store sometimes with the servant people or whatever. I but maybe those it. people were... People that were in the circle, obviously. Yeah. So maybe they couldn't be seen either. So I wonder how... Walmart grocery delivery. Yeah. Right. Just kidding. Yep. But Jay's also did say that um, he had never met another kid his age yeah. until he met Alec. So I think that he was just like, he had to stay in the manor house. Mm-hmm. Do you need to go check on your child? He's just saying, oh, man, he's fine. I couldn't hear him. Oh, okay. Which is when I realized I should probably take this off. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, that's neither here nor there. That is not applicable to this moment. (laughs) So Izzy's ruby pendant pulse once, which freaks her out because it usually only does that when demons are present. Um, But that's impossible because it's Alicante, and we all know demons can't get into the city. I'm raising my hand because I have a question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So since Magnus is half demon, do you think it ever, like... It's just kind of like a little bit illuminated when he's around. I I think from what she's saying that like that no, it's like only when demons okay. are around. Okay. Like a full demon. Full demon. Full mm-hmm. blood. Like full a blooded. A legit demon. Registered with papers. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> <clears throat> so we're in Isabel's point of view and we get a rare glimpse into her head. Um and get to see like the direct the direct effect of becoming close to Clary and what that's like had on her internal monologue. Yeah. And her thought process. So she's not chained by the envy she once had for Aline um, because Aline is small and delicate and beautiful. And you know, grass is always greener. This is what girls are for like friendship and camaraderie and sisterhood. Hashtag fuck the patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) Like whatever. Um, So Izzy concludes that he in fact, did not go for a walk. Uh, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> and she's like, duh, we all know where he went. <laughs> like, yeah. Really? Apparently, Clace is about as subtle as a grenade because Aline easily deciphers Isabel's super secret spy code. <laughs> Guys, it was Clary. He went to see Clary. I know, shocking. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Ooh, ah. <laughs> Aline <clears throat> asks where Clary is staying. Um, and Izzy is a bit snippy, and she throws the question over to Sebastian, who they all know was with Clary earlier that day. And, okay, I kind of love that Izzy has gone from super friendly to borderline hostility with Sebastian. 
And since we're in her point of view, we know it's not just because he started moving in on Clary, but it's because he's like too nice and she's like, hmm. And something doesn't, I don't, you don't seem like you ever get mad. Like there's yeah. something wrong with you. And uh, he totally took one of Max's mangas without asking, which is really rude. Yeah. He seems like he gives creeper vibes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I don't like it. Not into it. So Alec, Isabel, Sebastian, and Aline discuss Clay's relationship, all of them varying levels of in the know. And Sebastian and Aline agree that Jace is way too overprotective. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you only knew. Aline <laughs> uh, chimes in with, quote, he should back off. It can't be good for her being so overprotected. The look on her face when she walked in on us, it was like she'd never seen anyone kissing before. I mean, who knows? Maybe she hasn't. <laughs> and he's, he's like, uh, yeah, she has. <laughs> Jace laid it down good in the Sealy Court. <laughs> we were all there to see it. <laughs> so I love how she thinks about it. And then she's like, I try not to think about it. Totally. Hmm. So the topic of conversation is derailed by Max, who is none too pleased with Sebastian for getting handsy with his stuff. And Sebastian gives the book back no problem. But I think it's interesting that he doesn't apologize at all. He just says, oh, this? Here you go, kid. Instead of saying, oh, I'm sorry, like yeah. you would think would be your knee-jerk reaction. Or even like a follow-up, I didn't think you'd mind. Right. Uh-huh. He just... Like, like, that's weird. Yeah. That's suspicious. I don't like that's it. That's sus. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> exactly. God, we're so cool. Right? Isabel tells Max he needs to be in bed. <laughs> Jeez. But he's like, dude, there were noises up on the hill that woke me up. And then he hesitates a moment before asking if people ever climb the demon towers. And Aline chimes in. <laughs> That climbing the demon towers is definitely against the law. And besides, who would want to? <laughs> okay. Um, not me now because I'm terrified of heights. But when I was a teenager, yeah, definitely. It's funny that you went from being like cool with it to being terrified of heights. Well, I never liked heights, but like I didn't get like vertigo and get like really freaked out and... <laughs> It's, I was going to say, this is like the water tower in um, that 70s show. Exactly. Yeah. The demon towers in Alicante. Exactly. Yeah, kids climb up there all the time. Right? No big deal. They uh, drink, uh, ru- no, moonshine. Moonshine. <laughs> so Isabel was about to take Max back up to bed when her pendant pulsed again. Mm. And a split second later, a demon smashed in the window and pulled Aline out. Oh, my Holy God, dude. Crap. Terrifying. Yes. Right? So suddenly, everyone is in motion. Well, almost everyone. Um, Isabel dashes for her electrum, electrum whip, ordering Sebastian to not just stand there and to get weapons, you moron. Alec has a hold of a struggling Max and is working on getting him to safety. Where is safety? If they came in and snatched him to the window, yes. like maybe up under the floorboards, do you have a storm In cellar? a closet? <gasps> do you have a secret wine cellar? That could house an angel. Probably. <laughs> Although there's probably wine in it. Actually, <laughs> angel's the name of the wine. <laughs> yes, I do have a secret cellar. This wine's named after Ethereal. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> I just meant, I mean, his blood. That's not what I meant. I just like him so much. It's like Goldschlager. It's <laughs> <laughs> Check, check, and check. With that bit of business handled, it's time for Mama to kick some ass. And I have to mention, have I mentioned lately that I want to be Isabel when I grow up? Dude, love her. For real. Yeah. I'm glad we're getting to know more of her. And now she's officially a character, right? Because we have her POV. Right? She the very first POV. Oh, that's books, right. That's right. That, but after that. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. solidifies it. Yep. So, uh... 
like something out of the 2000s Fox show Dark Angel, Izzy hikes up her skirt, kicks away the broken glass, and jumps out of the fucking window, landing Superman style on the walkway below. <laughs> I loved Dark Angel. Never watched it. Yeah, I don't even oh, know. Oh, it was so about. good. All jokes aside, I want to learn how to do that. <laughs> like, for real. I think it's going to take some practice. I, I think I will never be motivated enough to practice. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to. Yeah. I'd get stuck in the window, so. <laughs> my legs are too short. I just wouldn't clear it. I <laughs> got one leg over. She's like, uh, can somebody help me, please? Yeah, that happens when I try to do the baby gate. Step over. <laughs> That's true. We did that at a customer's house once. Yeah. <laughs> so she heads down the walkway toward the canal in search of Aline. Movement in the shadows has her jumping down um, has her jumping down to the causeway below the bridge. So, okay, in my mind, the way that this is described, it's like there's the bridge over the canal, but then there's like a walkway on either side of the canal that goes under the bridge. Like, um, have you ever been to San Antonio? Yeah. Okay, so you know the river walk? Yes, I do. Okay, so... It's it goes underneath some of those like that's cool walkway mm-hmm. bridges right okay so I think it's like that where it's down by the water but it's underneath the bridge like interesting on the boardwalk I was say down by the bay so Aline is there unconscious on the ground with a huge skilled lizard demon on top of her. <gasps> Izzy lashes out with her whip, and the demon turns his attention to her, and it's on like Donkey Kong. So <laughs> just a whip, right? <laughs> the demon flicks its tongue out, and gross. Quote: A long forked tongue shot from its upper mouth, <laughs> probing for Isabel's face. There was a bulb on the end of it. She saw a sort of stinger, like a scorpion's. Um, thanks. I'll pass. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, I don't like the probing. Second mouth, maybe. Probing? Nah. I don't like that on the end of a forked tongue, there's like a bulbous stinger. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. It's like it's like she she wrote qualities like of animals on pieces of paper and then just like grabbed a handful and is like, this is what makes this demon. (laughs) Yeah, she just like cut cut up their arms and legs and different parts of them and created one with paper. Right. Paper mache in it. Yeah. Okay. So Isabel fights off the lizard beast, lopping off that super gross tongue while she's at it. And the demon tucks tail and runs straight into Aline's dagger. Yes. Yes. So the demon crumbled to the ground at Aline's feet and vanished. And Izzy tried to call out to her, but Aline turned and ran. And Isabel followed, but lost her when she came up the stairs to Prince Water Street. A close-up shot of Isabel's stunned face pans out, the frame widening to include the street, a street full of people, demons, and even bodies. A voiceover rises above the din of chaos. Quote, All the adults were in the guard. Down in the city were only children, the old and the sick. End scene. Except not really because there's more and Amanda has to pick that up. <laughs> Great. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <So, laughs> Hundreds of demons flooded the mean streets of Alicante. (laughs) Isabel froze and watched all the madness as a demon started to attack a young boy. She heard someone yelling about the demon towers. Are they towers? Plural, right? Demon towers. Yeah, there's there's two. Anyway, so they were no longer illuminated and somehow had lost their magic is what it said. And I feel like Alec will be super pissed to hear someone refer to it as magic. He pops up regardless of where it is. (laughs) Shadow hunters don't wield magic. Like from the corner of the screen. (laughs) He's like the the peripheral vision always off to your side. He's the paperclip from Microsoft. Yes. Do you need any help? (laughs) No, paperclip, go away. out that I think it's a little annoying that he's the one that's so like not magic when he's fucking dating a warlock okay (laughs) or was or whatever they are okay he's into it (laughs) he is so anyway the protection from the wards was no longer in place so that was really intense I'm over it let's go over to Simon's point of view shall we I don't know whatever you're into it all right so um suddenly Simon heard screaming and I'm pretty sure (laughs) by the way (laughs) I think he was sleeping again (laughs) 
<laughs> so he looks out the window and noticed that the city looked dimmer than usual. There was a cloud above the towers and he could smell smoke. So he woke up Samuel, telling him something's wrong. And just then, people started fleeing the guard, yelling about the wards being down. And one, po- one person pointed out that they couldn't abandon the guard, but they were like, but bro, our kids are down there, like... To hell with the prisoners. My kids are there. I'm going. Bye. And Simon is like, uh, Samuel, Samuel, the wards. Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> the wards are down. <laughs> and Samuel's a badass and he gives no shits. He's like, yeah, I heard. Valentine um, attacked the city while the clave was in session. What a smart guy. Ugh. Yeah. Fuck. Simon asks Samuel why the shadow hunters didn't all pile into the guards since it's fortified, which I find interesting that Simon knows, but okay. Anyway, I guess he's learned a few things while he's been in the building. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Samuel reminds him that um, the person talking about... Samuel reminds him of the person talking about their kids. They they have to go protect their children. Like, they're not just going to abandon them. So Simon recalls Samuel saying that he had told the clave that this would happen and once again wants to know why they wouldn't believe him. Dude. Anyway, Samuel explains that the wards are um, a protection from the angel, and it's basically like the shadow hunter religion to believe in that protection. So um, then, cult, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's over. Something smells a little coldy in here. <laughs> <laughs> so Simon smells fire, and while giving Samuel the play-by-play, tells him that he thinks that the city is on fire. And Samuel's <laughs> like, "Yeah, probably. That was probably V Tang." <laughs> It's probably not the city. It's the guard. And it's probably demon fire. So I want to know, question time, do you guys know what the difference between demon fire and regular demon or fire is? Oh, yeah. Because I feel like there's demon something for everything. Like demon desk, demon bed, (laughs) demon sushi. (laughs) How could anything be worse than regular fire? Maybe it's like way hotter. I don't know. Or like it can't be put out by water. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like it needs oil. Just kidding. It's opposite. opposite. Yeah. (laughs) This fire gets put out by breathing on it. It needs oxygen. Yes. Yeah. So demon fire is what engulfed the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) Dude, for real. So while Kristen reads for that, I'm going to go on. Boom. Simon is like, well, they better get us out of here quickly. Samuel's just chilling and is like, bro, you're a downworlder and I'm a traitor. Ain't nobody coming for us. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yep. (laughs) There are far more important people that need saving. So then we have to go back to the shit show down in the city. Down on the boardwalk. See, it came back. (laughs) Alec is shaking Isabel trying to get her attention because she's just like, it's almost like she's never been in battle before. She's seeing so much going on, and I'm sure she just can't believe it's happening. And, right. You know. And um, he finally snaps her out of it and tells her that they have to get off the streets. And he also asks where Aline is. And Izzy, still taking in the horror happening around them, she tried to explain what happened with Aline, but was turning frantic. And so we kind of go, I think, into her POV for a second, and she regains control of herself. She's like, you are Isabel Lightwood. Like, get a hold of yourself. (laughs) So then she's finally able to explain to Alec that um, a demon attacked them, but Aline took off afterward. Which, it's weird to explain that a demon attacked them, because obviously he knows that, because it got her while they were still in the fucking house. Right. So I don't know. Anyway. He's like, go on. Yeah, Yeah, I I know, know, I know. (laughs) I guess she's so confused. She forgot where to start. So anyway, they start talking about like how this could happen, blah, blah, blah. And then they realize they need to move before more demons come back. And as they walk up um, like the Penhollow steps, there was a woman that had been across the street just crying. I assume some of her family or someone had died. And a fucking demon comes up and he's like an octopus and he just like grabs her and eats her. Okay, I don't remember if he eats her or not, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, damn, Daniel, that sounds horrific. Any luck? Did they talk Mm-mm. about it at all? Mm-mm. They was it talked about? <laughs> I could not find demon fire in the codex. Do you want to look on the wiki? Maybe that would help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wiki wiki. So Alex says that he doused the lights in the house so that they wouldn't gain attention. So again, we're coming back to the witch lights. So like, he turned them off. They obviously mm-hmm. were lighting up the house, so no one was touching them. Excuse me, I just don't get it. Like they sound like candles. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, poor baby Max is terrified and curled up on the floor while Sebastian was nailing logs to the windows. So while they check on Max, Sebastian asks about Aline, and Isabel starts to say that it's her fault that Aline like ran away. And Alec interrupts her, saying that um, without Izzy, she'd be dead. But like, we don't have time for you and feeling bad for yourself. Like, right. we gotta move on with this. So Alec decides. How would it be her fault? I uh, yeah. Like she didn't reach her in time. 
like maybe because she she, let, she couldn't her? catch her when she ran off. Yeah. Okay. Or, you know, Izzy was standing in front of the window just seconds before Aline was. Mm. So survivor's guilt. Yeah. yeah. That's totally me. But they're both alive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there is nothing on Demon. There's not, not an entry on Demon okay. Fire. All so right. you get to make your own. It's gets put out with oil. It's opposites. Okay. So, <laughs> Alec is going to go after Aline, and Isabel insists on going with him since she doesn't think he should be alone, which I agree. But he pulls the adult card, and he has a really good point. He's saying that basically they all need to try to stay in one place so they don't get um, distracted, is what mm-hmm. I was going to say, separated. Anyway, so Sebastian, it's funny, I'm having a hard time saying his name. Robin was having a hard time typing it. I just got lazy. She called him Sab. Seb. 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 <laughs> so Sebastian announces that he will work on warning the house with Marks, um, and Alec thanks him. Um, Max points out that Izzy is bleeding, so she gets up to go grab her stele also because Sebastian says he's not great with Marks, so she's going to help him also. And um, so she gets upstairs, and she grabs her stele and a few weapons because she's badass like that, and she starts thinking about Alec leaving. Um, it is. It's very sad to think that I mean that it's terrible to say like could happen to anyone I guess right you know anything could happen but knowing that they're going out and specifically facing danger is terrible right it would be very hard as a parent yeah I, can't I don't know imagine. how they do that yeah okay back to Isabel she wonders if maybe the reason she had such hatred for Mondays <laughs> <laughs> is because she was jealous of their simple way of life probably yeah I don't blame like it's weird though also to it seems like a lot of them hate just normal Monday people. Yeah, because they're jelly. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Or they think they're better than them. I'm sure that's what a lot of them think. I, I think it's both. Yeah. Yeah. You have that superiority complex because you are jealous of them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're trying to overcompensate. Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy way of life. They don't, yeah. I mean, yeah. they're teenagers and they're not just going to regular high school and stuff. Right. It's crazy. So on her way downstairs, um, she could sense something was wrong. Max and Sebastian were no longer in the living room. The windows were only half covered, and the hammer was gone, which is a weird thing to notice that the Mm. hammer is gone. I don't know, because it's kind of dark, so I I don't don't know that I would notice that. But anyway, she starts yelling their names, and Sebastian answers that they're in the kitchen. So she goes in the kitchen and is like, bro, what are you doing in here? (laughs) Because she only found Sebastian. She's like, dude, you're freaking me out. Like, where's Max? What's going on? And he tells her that he's sorry it has to be her because he liked her the best. And then he says some weird shit about thinking that she was the most like him. And he brings his fist down with the hammer. And I don't know what that means, but I don't like it. Where is he bringing his fist down? Is it on, on her? her is it on the countertop? Tell me. Okay, totally off topic. But I'm curious if there's something from your family or childhood that you thought was normal until you were in the real world. Like that poop knife story that Robin told me about. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> It's a meme. It's not like me. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's Actually, the internet. It's the internet. Yeah. And someone was saying basically they had a knife that they'd used to cut the poop in the toilet when it was too big so it would flush. And everybody just used the same poop knife. And so she like got married or he, I don't know who it was, but the person got married later or something like that and was like, where's your poop knife? Because she they were at their significant other's house or something like that. And they were like, what the hell is a poop knife? <laughs> I had to explain to everybody what a poop like don't you guys have a poop knife no <laughs> no that's not normal so anyway do you have something like that from your what childhood what the fuck are you eating that you have to like Seriously? cut it off? what all broccoli and chicken dude. i wonder if it's like maybe they're on a well and like it just doesn't have as much that's not a thing <laughs> that is not a thing your stool should not be so hard that it can't dissolve in a vat of water and chemicals in your fucking yeah. Septic yep. tank. No, I think it just wouldn't, wouldn't flush, flush down the toilet. It's so big. Yeah, like the toilet couldn't handle it. That they still, have low water pressure. Yeah. <laughs> still crazy. High fiber pressure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I hate there's a lot of pressure behind that bowl. <laughs> Seriously, that would hurt. Just saying. Uh, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can think of anything specifically, but I was curious if you guys I can't I off, you can't come up with after the poop knife story like no. you got nowhere to go from there okay yeah i guess i should just say insert poop story here you started at 11 like you can't yeah i mean i would say yeah because i thought mashed potatoes came from a box okay mm-hmm. until i got old enough to go eat at other people's houses and i'm like oh wait 
This is what mashed potatoes are supposed to taste like. That's great. Real potatoes. Right. Oh, man. I love it. You mean oh. everything your mom makes isn't from a box? Or ordered? Right. No, probably not back then. It's not, no, it was Taco Bell or from a box. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, well, if anybody else has a story, share it with us. Share us your, tell us your poop knife story. Yeah. <laughs> or better yet, go read the poop knife story yourself somehow. Google it. It's hilarious. I tell him Amanda sent you. It's so wrong. I don't like it. <laughs> okay. Your turn. Oh, did yeah. you go on without me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. That's fine. No. Sorry. It's great. Okay. We're in Alex's point of view. He's racing around the streets looking for Aline. Uh, the streets around him were filled with horror. Demons and dead people or dying shadow hunters. Houses were burning or had windows broken out of them. Shit gone cray. <laughs> Alec goes on like in his mind, I guess. Like he's in, he's monologue, internal monologuing. Mm-hmm. That he was the only one of the Lightwood siblings that remembered Alicante. They'd left when he was a toddler, but he still remembered the demon towers and snow and oh. witch light hue that hung over the city. And he always thought of this place longingly, like maybe one day his family would be allowed to return. Mm. And he says that to see their city like this was like the death of all joy. Oh, Terrible. Let's discuss. There has to be so startling um, to these people who knew in their hearts without a shadow of a doubt that their city was impenetrable. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just crazy to think that, like... When th- when something, you know, contradicts something that is such a strong belief. I mean, it's a pillar of your belief system, you know? Yeah. And then something contradicts it, and you're like, what? Well, and at the same time, you're dealing with that stress impact is the only word I can think of anyway that this happened but then you also have to fight freaking demons right. to survive. And you're seeing all these people dying and stuff. It's just... Holy horrible. It's like when someone takes a shit in your driveway and you're like, I don't know what to do because this is not socially appropriate. Exactly like yeah. that. Uh, totally. <laughs> That's happened to me several times. Totally. Okay. I don't. Like, what, what are you, you doing? Do? Like, yeah. Right. It's against all social norms. You have no idea how to... Like, how do you react to this? Yeah. How do, how do I handle this situation? I don't know. You get the poop knife. And, <laughs> <laughs> and cut it off like sausages as yeah. it comes out. <laughs> Crazy. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's just terrifying. I mean, I've had, like, my wallet stolen out of my purse before. Um, in public and that was very intrusive and I felt right. just I just the feeling of having Jarring. that happen yeah. yeah so I can only imagine something like this yeah it's crazy no thanks mm-hmm. word oh. yeah this huge lumbering shape makes its way over to Alec and being the level-headed boy or opposite of Jace if you will that he is Alec decides to not engage and instead climbs up onto the rooftop looking out over the city the ruined demon tower stood out of course um, also, Alec is able to hear screams, both human and demon, echoing like a chorus from hell. Then, like a ninja, Alec decides the most efficient mode of travel is via rooftop, and he jumps from building to building, running, letting the cool night air wash out the stench of demons and death. This is how Jace followed him on his date with Magnus. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> he was making his way to the Accords Hall, and when he noticed something between two of the houses... Blue sparks. Ah, shit. I think that's a little too coincidental, but okay. Okay. I like it. I know. Like unnecessary drama on a TV show, that kind of drama, not drama. (laughs) Top drama. Anyway, where you're just like, this is annoying, but like it's how the plot goes. They have Mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Alec breaks out into a full on run and slides down a pitched roof, skidding to a halt at the edge. Jeez Louise, can you say, like, ouch? That sounds incredibly painful. Right? Well, I'm assuming it's like terracotta. Like. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, there there he saw a pack of Iblis Il- demons. I don't know if that's how you say Iblis? it. Iblis? Iblis? That's how I would say okay. it. Okay. Iblis know. demons. Human shaped but made out of coiling black smoke. They were lined up like the jets in the West Side Story, <laughs> making their way, <laughs> snapping in my mind, <laughs> to this tall drink of water backed against a wall. Ugh. I'd Magnus. like to back. A, I'd like to back Magnus up against a wall. Oh, hi, girl. <laughs> Alex steered, um, taking him all in, while he threw blue sparks at the demons, turning them easily to ash. 
One demon moved to the side and tried to sneak up behind him, and Alec flew into action, jumping off the roof and landing lightly on his feet. The demon began to turn to Alec, and he stopped to think WWWS. What would Waylon say? <laughs> so let's hear your selections. Uh, what? What would Jace say? That's what he's thinking. Oh, oh. So you be Jace. What would Jace say? To Magnus in this moment? Yeah, jumping oh, out like to his, save Okay, him. okay, yeah. okay. Um, Like, did somebody order a savings? No, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd drop in. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> That's great. Okay, you had to have had one. No, I didn't. <laughs> I don't know, bro. Okay. I like just dropping in. That's again, you can't yep, go out. Yeah, that, that was great. That was That's title worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Alec removes his seraph blade and quickly dispatches the demon. Um, the rest of the demons had been killed. And Magnus and Alec were alone in the alley. And Magnus is like, did you just save my life? Yeah, bitch. <laughs> and again, he thinks about what Jace would say. Something along the lines of just doing my duty. But instead he says, <laughs> you never called me back. I called you so many times and you never called me back. <laughs> Dude, come on. But you know that Alec wasn't using a whiny face. He, You know his voice was like super monotone and matter of fact. He's like, you never call me back. Yeah. I I called you so many times and you never call me back. I don't understand. Like, it doesn't compute in his mind. Like, there's no emotion. It's just like, wait, but social uh, customary says that you're (laughs) supposed to call me back and you didn't call me back. None of this is clicking. (laughs) Yeah. So... This is a good instance where we get to see the workings of the secondary main characters is what I'm going to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have completely gone along with Alec kind of being an asshat with the whole Warlock Bane letter. But apparently he's been trying to reach out. Um, when do you think this happened? Like, yeah. he sent him that letter, the fire message, which was kind of like Warlock Bane. So in between, like, what, the last 12 hours he's been trying to call uh, him? He says called. And yeah. electronics don't work in the city, right? Right. So it had to have been before they left. So weird. Yeah. But I'm I'm sure he called him before and like just didn't want to tell anybody. Yeah. But like, yeah. Anyway. Which is probably where the Warlock Bane thing came from because he didn't oh, know how yeah. to oh, yeah, like, he wasn't navigate responding. that. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, I guess he just doesn't want to talk to me anymore. Yeah. That makes but then sense. he saw him all sexy throwing blue sparks and he was like, yeah, I got to have you right now. Well, he couldn't let him die. He had to find out why he didn't call him back. <laughs> <laughs> Magnus is kind of blown back, telling him that he can't believe that the city is under siege and Alec is asking about why he didn't return his phone calls. And Alec sets his jaw and is like, uh, yes, that's exactly what is happening here right now. We're Tell having me. this conversation. Yep. <laughs> I love it when Alec gets a little bossy. It makes me happy. <sighs> it's great. Magnus throws his hands up, emitting these little blue sparks in exasperation, which is totes adorbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he tells Alec he's an idiot. And Alec's like, uh, you didn't call me back because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Jeez Louise, bro. It's like, get off the literal train. Yeah. Make a stop at the next station. Anyway, Magnus says, I didn't call you because I'm tired of you only wanting me around when you need something. I'm tired of watching you be in love with someone else. Someone, incidentally, who will never love you back. Not the way I do. And Alec is stunned. And he's like, me? Little old Alec? You love me? And Magnus is like, duh, motherfucker. Why do you think I've been hanging around these past few weeks? Patching up your little friends and participating in this battle with Valentine. All, might I add, free of charge. <laughs> <laughs> and Alec is like, wow, you know, I never thought about it like that. And Magnus is like, yeah, I know. I'm 400 years old. I don't deal with bullshit. And I know when something isn't going to work out. You won't even tell your parents about me. And Alec is like, whoa, you said you were 300, not 400. And Magus says that he's actually 500, but Alec is missing the point. (laughs) We are all uh, served a big heaping bowl of disappointment because at that moment, another swarm of demons pops in. Alec curses and Magnus says, way to change the subject. (laughs) And Alec tells him that if they make it through tonight, he promises he will tell his parents about them. Oh, my God. Okay. Funny. Hold on just a second, because where does it say that in your book? I mean, I'll tell you how old he is, because in... In my book, it confirms 800. Eight, that's I thought it was seven, so that's funny. Yeah, he says seven, and he's like, well, actually eight, but. Okay. 
How funny. I could also be typoing. So. Well, because that, because when I listened to it again, I was like, ah, I was like, I knew I had that number in my head from somewhere because I see a lot of things that it's like, oh, 400, oh, 600 or whatever, because there's a lot of like ambiguity around Magnus's age because he doesn't really ever say it. But this is the only time that he like came, like was really straightforward and said, I'm X, Y, Z years old. What, what is this chapter ten? Yeah, 11, ten. You know it would. Um... Yeah, this one's a seven hundred. I thought you were three hundred. You're seven hundred years old. Magnus says, "Well, I'm actually eight hundred. Yeah, but I don't look at it. Yeah. What page are you on? Uh, two thirty nine. So that's different from this though, because this says, um, "I thought you were three hundred. You're seven hundred years old." Mine says, I thought you were 300. You're 400 years old. Well, Magnus amended 500, but I don't look it. Anyway, you're missing the point. How weird. There's three different versions. Yeah. And mine's the Kindle, so you think it would be the newest. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the newest. Well, and this is, I know, this is the old cover. So I know this is an old edition. And it says 700. And he's like, well, actually, I'm 800. And that is where I've, I got it from. Because I, I remember being really frustrated because, like, no one ever knows what Magnus's age is. And, like, I'll see, like, memes or, like, you know, like, fandom Mm -hmm. posts or whatever. And they say, like, oh, he's 600. And I'm like, no. And remember when we were watching, there was something that I was watching. And there was, like, a screenshot of, like, Magnus's info. And then I text you and I'm like, this isn't right because he is 800 years old. And da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And that didn't even exist when that was, like... (laughs) It's got to be something that she's planning to change or some future stories. Like maybe it's the Bane Chronicles, so she had to change it. None of us have read that. There was some sort of, like, I think along the lines she she changed it up to make him younger or whatever. To fit in some sort of a time frame. Or maybe mine's not the newest edition. I don't know. You'd think with the Kendall it would be. Yeah. But but that means that they've changed it more than once. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a newer cover. Mine's the old one. Yeah, that's not the same as mine. I don't know. Maybe yeah, mine, mine's that one. Maybe it's the whole thing you were talking about with um, the auditions or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got a map in mine, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> whatever. I'm I'm going with 800 as canon, so. Yep, I like it. What? What? Anyway, that's all, folks. That's it? That's all? That's it. Oh, wait. uh, Oh, so weird. We didn't get any Clace in this chapter, and I think it's the first chapter that neither Jace or Clary were in. No wonder I liked it. Yeah. Right? I'm just kidding. I kid. I kid. I'm just kidding. All right. Okay, so make sure that you've read Chapter 11, All the Hosts of Hell, for next week's episode. For behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.